Hi, and welcome back to our podcast, Art Will Power Life. My name is Anna, and I'm here for you solo again. I hope you enjoyed the other two mythology episodes, because, you know, last time we managed to cover the letters C, D and E, and today we start with the letter F. Makes sense, doesn't it? First, we have the Fanga, that's F-A-N-G-G-A, double G, yep. And uh, they're huge woodland demons that are kind of like wild humans, dressed in animal hides or wood. They have long beards and glowing black eyes, and their voices are pretty harsh. They're sometimes described as a hairy giantess with a gaping mouth that goes from ear to ear, who grabs children and powders them by dragging them against tree bark or just eats them powdering children yep and also the the mouth that goes from ear to ear that's oof the stuff of nightmares seriously yeah and she does that just because she can um other times fanga are described as being human sized but with long breasts that they can put over their shoulders you know in case they dangle between their legs or something Other varieties appear to live in caves like dwarves and ride wolves. Badass, creepy and weird. Yeah. Oh, speaking of wolves, this next one has absolutely nothing to do with them. The Flying Dutchman. Have you ever heard of that one? Because I have a lot. It's a legend. You may have heard of him, but do you know his name? His real name? He was a Dutch captain called Willem van der Decken. In the 1700s, he swore that he would round the Cape of Good Hope no matter what, even if it took until the day of final judgment. I'm starting to see a pattern here. Didn't the other huntsmen also swear something like that, you know? And uh, they always get granted their wishes and just be careful what you wish for. Anyway, of course, some higher power took him by his word, and ever since then, seafarers have been seeing the ghost ship that can't land anywhere. Yeah, it's called land. Sometimes, the Flying Dutchman lets down Longboat, I think it's called, uh, from where a ghost crewmate hands out letters to people who have long passed. If you happen to come across one of those letters... Don't worry, I won't ask. You need to burn them unless you want bad things to happen. But coming across the Flying Dutchman is always a bad omen. You're doomed anyway, might as well keep the cool letter. Until your death. The ship itself is said to have incredible powers, like sailing through a storm, sailing without any wind at all, or even backwards. It can suddenly appear in mid-air or come from the depths of the sea. Its sails are red like blood or sometimes even made out of fire. 
the rest of the boat is pitch black and the crew is either non-existent, dead or living dead. The crew is usually made up of sailors that are being punished for blasphemy, perjury, piracy or simply murder. And from the seven seas, let's get back to farmland and right into the forest. Because this next one is just forest. The Germanic forest, to be precise, meaning not one forest in particular, but rather every forest in Germany. It's usually super dense, dark and basically impenetrable. Not always, I don't think, but you know, this one is. It pays refuge to the exiled, the outlawed, terrifying and monstrous animals and brigands. Some people call it the Trolls Forest, others the site of crimes and murders. In old texts, the word temple can also mean sacred grove or forest, which is why several places in and around Germany have sacred forests in their names one way or another. Many Germanic myths take place in the Germanic forest. For example, the ancient Prussians worshipped forest and river nymphs and revered the woods sacred to demons. The Saxons consecrated the groves and forests and gave them the names of their gods, which made them sacred. Right at the beginning of the 13th century, Valkyries were mentioned as supernatural women living in a cave in the forest, who controlled wars and helped their favorites by granting victory or inflicting defeat. The forest is also the home of the werewolves, wood maidens, land spirits, dwarves, giants, and of course, the diabolical huntsman. Remember, the one with the dead woman with the shoes. The accursed one also takes place in a Germanic forest. Of course it does. That one was the other one. I only talked about two, you know. <laughs> the Black Forest, bordering France and oftentimes associated with the Brothers' Grimm fairy tales, is supposed to be located at the borders of the world of the gods. And France. Same thing? Uh, which is separated from the world of the not-so-giant giants as well as the giant giants. Speaking of those, they're super badass. Giants are divided into three families. One, the Eotinas, being widely unknown. One called the Thurses, and of course, the Trolls. They're super ugly and embody the elements and other natural forces, such as fire, snow, stone, soil, and water which are usually somehow represented in their names. They are violent predators and world destroyers, but also the founders of the world, and their daughters are the wives of gods, which is why it's sometimes difficult to see a boundary between giants and gods, because, you know, marriage and stuff. Medieval German texts portray them as dumb brutes, barely smarter than animals, using tree trunks as weapons and basically acting as guardians, gift collectors, abductors and undesirable suitors. Some also say that they were originally supposed to be the protectors of dwarves, but that didn't last for long. They became mortal enemies soon after. <laughs> the next one is a close relative to the mandrake. 
can't wait for that one. But for now, we have to be content with the Geldmännleinchen. Direct translation would be Little Tiny Money Man. Super weird name in German, because, you know, little and tiny. What? One would be enough. He is a spirit who looks like a little grey man that wears a red cap and a green jacket. Sometimes he appears in animal form as big as an owl. He is usually kept in a chest placed in a closed room or attached to the central beam of the living room. He does provide the owner with money, but requires small loaves of bread, sweets, sometimes a glass of wine in return and must be bathed in a spoon every day. You can find him by digging at a crossroads beneath a triple clump of hazel at midnight. Or you can buy him. But that's not the best of ideas. Only the first two owners can sell him. The third one can't get rid of him at all. Some say that once you are said third owner, you belong to the devil. Ooh. Ooh, and we're already at age. This one isn't an entity, but it's a way of sacrifice and almost an entity because it's about an entity. <laughs> the hanging. Since Germanic and Norse mythology are very close to each other, I'll actually stray a little more with this one. Maybe you've heard of the fact that Odin is also called the hanged god. According to the myth, he died at least once. Let me quote Odin's words. I know that I hung on a wind-battered tree nine long nights, pierced by a spear and given to Odin, myself to myself, on that tree whose roots grow in a place no one has ever seen. No one gave me food, no one gave me drink. At the end I peered down, I took the runes, Screaming, I took them, and then I fell. So, basically, he got pierced by a spear and then sacrificed himself by hanging for nine nights in order to gain knowledge in the form of runes. And, uh, yeah, because of this, men who were sacrificed to Odin, who was actually also the lord of war and death and the bringer of misfortune, that's why the sacrifices happened, those men were ritually hung as well. Super interesting. Yeah, and um, since we're already at the hanging, and I'm pretty impatient when I'm passionate about something, why not talk about the mandrake real quick? It looks like a little kale with purple flowers. But the real magic is the roots. Because... They vaguely resemble a human body, you know, because it splits in the middle like legs and then some more for the arms and stuff. Looks pretty cool. I would Google it if I were you. It has always been used as a magical plant and was used to prevent sleeplessness, asthma, depression, joint pains and infertility. But... Every single part of the plant is highly poisonous. First it makes you hallucinate and then it stops your breathing. I haven't found a way to use it and that's probably a good thing. But I have found ways to 
you know, not ingested and still be able to use it. Because if you put a mandrake on top of your mantle, it's supposed to bring you fortune, fertility and protection to the household. If you take it to bed with you, it protects you while you're sleeping. And if you decide to wear it as an amulet, it's supposed to bring you love and protect you from diseases. According to the Brothers Grimm, a mandrake can only grow from the urine of hanged men. Or semen, but I will not mention that. Okay, I'm afraid this is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. And um, I don't know when the next episode will air, uh, the next mythology episode, but, you know, be on the lookout. Thank you so much for listening, and I will hear you next time. Goodbye.